Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence and your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast, located in Homewood, Alabama. Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online at ForecastSalon.com. As this podcast goes to air, we've just moved through the first super full moon of summer. This full moon in Capricorn provided you with the ability to process all the emotions that have been coming up with the energy of the cancer season. Now we are in the release phase, the waning stage, offering you a time to release the limited beliefs that keep you from aligning with your soul's purpose and the abundance in your life, which is the subject on today's episode. As you nourish yourself this season, notice your frequency, your radiance. Lift your vibration through this rich energy of your soul and your connection to Mother Earth, the moon, and the cosmos. Notice the practice that has been working for you. Notice the strength of your own intuition and what you need to do energetically to align with your life's purpose. Know the purpose of your soul and how to take this forward. Take the time to nourish your inner self, your light, your radiance. Consciousness is shifting, and this is the rhythm of where we are right now. New phases, growth, abundance. Summer is the time to develop your faith in your life, to grow and feel the abundance all around you. Knowing your energy, your truth, your voice, your spirit is so valuable at this time, and that's where the rites come in to help you move through all this stuff. Rites being Reiki, Intuition, Tarot, EFT, and Stones and Crystals. All of these tools can help you in your everyday life and in your business. They can add inspiration, amusement, and joy, helping you to attract the very things you want to bring in. And they can free you from the stress that is going on in that world out there. All of these cosmic forces and energy alignments I talk about on my Energy Focus for the Week, which you can find live on Sunday nights on Instagram and Facebook. We talk about what's going on, we align our energy, set intentions for the week, and I pull the tarot cards for guidance. Join me or catch the replay. As we move through all these cosmic transitions, now is the time to clean up your energy with an energy clearing session. Schedule one in person or online. When you work with the energy body, it helps to release the old patterns and all that old stuff. Links will be in the show notes. For when you start going within and connecting to your soul and your spirit, you will find your answers. If you're a strong, passionate person who's ready to take charge of your life and let go of all those stories running around inside of your head, let's talk. Let's talk about my Empowered Spirit private mentoring program. Warning, this work will change your life. It can seriously improve your body, mind, and spirit. Side effects, yes, you may see yourself or others as they really are. You may experience loss of excess baggage, 
resulting in major life changes. You may become the person you're really meant to be. My Empowered Spirit Program can help you upgrade your spiritual path. You'll learn lots of energy tools, techniques, ways to center your energy, how to raise your vibration, and ways to release the energy drains and limited beliefs that hold you back. Now is a great time to jumpstart your spiritual practice. Schedule a spiritual upgrade breakthrough call with me, and let's talk about how these programs can help you. In today's episode, I speak with Profit Coach Susie Carter, a truly self-made millionaire. She started with one salon and health spa and built it into one of the most successful businesses in the country. In this episode, we talk about Creatives Create, how the universe conspires to support you when you surrender, understanding money differently, underlying beliefs from family, churches, and communities, math is money and money is fun, wealth is your birthright, and we talk about mindset. Before we begin, let's take a moment to pause, to center, and set an intention for where you are right now. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Taking a nice deep inhale, bringing the breath all the way up the body. And exhale, sending that breath all the way down deep into the earth, centering, aligning. Inhale, breathing all the way up as you call in your spirit. Exhale as you feel this energy coming all the way in towards you slowing down, centering, inhaling up the body, and exhale, coming all the way back down, coming into the heart, right into the deepest part of your heart. Feel that connection with your spirit and the greater spirit. Know that you are known. Know that you are loved. Feel all this energy coming in around you as we take the time to notice. Notice where you are right now in this season of summer. As I teach in the medicine wheel, this season is found in the direction of the south. The south where we connect with the divine feminine to nurture, to love that part within us, to allow for the joy, the amusement, the patience within our own lives, to allow for the growth, and the abundance, to feel that wildness open up for your life, your work, your soul. Calling in the directions for guidance and protection to the south, the west, the north, and the east, above you, below you, right into the very center, setting an intention for where you are right now and allow those elevated emotions for these intentions as they come in for you to fill your energy field, radiating from your heart, the abundance, the joy, success, prosperity for your intentions. Allow them to radiate all around you. 
Taking another deep inhale and exhale, bringing all that energy in around you, centering, grounding, and focusing. As you bring your awareness back, blinking the eyes open, coming back. My guest today, Susie Carter, is truly a self-made millionaire. She started out as a low-paid hairdresser trying to support her two little girls. But working for someone else became a challenge, to say the least. So she decided to do whatever it took to create her own business. After much blood, sweat, and tears mixed with cheap mascara, she went on to create not one but two $10 million companies. Susie is passionate about helping other business owners achieve what came naturally to her, growth and sustainability. As she led business after business to success, the true test of her talents came unexpectedly. A serious car accident threatened Susie's life and instantly took away her business. As she took time off for surgery and healing, something incredible happened behind the scenes. Not only did her business stay afloat, it expanded tenfold. The system she created enabled her staff to carry on without her. Susie's calling became crystal clear. Bring this level of freedom to others was the message she received. Her core genius is the ability to simplify complicated issues by creating simple, proven systems that are guaranteed to create dramatic growth for any company. She has helped over 100,000 entrepreneurs increase their revenues by more than 3,000% and worked with top business moguls including John Osseroff, Lisa Nichols, Steve Harvey, Doug Carter, and Paul Mitchell. Her newest book, number 10, Power Your Profit, is a bulletproof start-to-finish plan for taking your business from startup mode to the multi-million dollar mark. So I just wanted to add a side note here and to say don't let this scare you talking about million-dollar companies, especially if you're a healing arts professional and just getting your business going. There are so many amazing tools, gems of knowledge in her book, taking it one step at a time to help you build your healing arts business. So let us welcome Susie to the show. Welcome, Susie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to pour into you and your community and I love doing these. Thank you. Well, yeah, thank you for coming and, you know, really sharing your worth. I really feel in the healing arts that this subject is something that really needs to come front and center. I really do. And I know for myself, you know, I'm a care provider, service provider, and I want everybody to do this work, but we also need to make a living. So I'm really excited to talk to you about that and how even in the healing arts and for my listeners, we can help open this subject up. I would like to kind of start just a little bit, and if you could give our listeners a little bit of a background to you, and then what led you to writing this particular book. I know you've written many. 
So my background is I'm a serial entrepreneur, love building businesses, selling businesses. I've built 10 multi-million dollar companies, two $10 million companies, and this is my jam. And it wasn't always my jam. I wasn't good at this all the, always. <laughs> I was horrible at it in the beginning, right? I'm a creative. My vocation was I was a hairdresser and I found myself divorced, single, raising two little kids with no alimony, no child support, no support from my family. And I had to figure this business thing out so I could provide for my children. And it was challenging, but rewarding. What I love about creatives is we create, right? We don't have to follow the rules. We don't actually believe in rules. And so the universe conspires to support us when we surrender, right? I love that you started this podcast out with just getting us present, getting us present to our higher beings, our angels, because that not everybody does that, right? People think we're cuckoo and it's okay. I'm okay with my cuckoo-ness. I'm, I'm one with my cuckoo-ness because it works and to get in touch with the divine. So I love doing this work. I love helping other people um, see what's possible when they tap into their creative and business side together because it can marry very successfully. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I think it's so important to marry those two together and to really recognize, you know, that abundance that we all have. And I don't think everybody recognizes that. I think there's still an old story that keeps going on. I have to work hard. I have to work hard. I have to work hard. But your book starts to kind of break that down and really kind of dispel that. Yeah. Well, I think the power is when you realize that money is creative, money is an energy, money doing math is creative. You don't have to, one plus one does not equal two, right? When you start looking at it from a universal standpoint. And so because I had that ability to create outside of this linear context, it enabled me to understand money differently. It's like when you think about a client, when you think about somebody and they call you, you can't explain that, right? But you know that you've caused them to call you. Money's the same way right? If you play with it, there's a underlying belief that we have from our parents and our grandparents, those generational beliefs, they come from our family, they come from our churches, they come from our communities, right? They come from generation of you have to work hard. That was my story, right? My dad said, Sue, you can have whatever you want. You just have to work hard. So it wasn't until my 40s that I really had this epiphany, like, why do I got to kill myself? <laughs> like literally work, you know, around the clock to hit my goals. I'm like, what if I played a game? And I really, Terry, just was like, just play a game. What? Let's see how easy you can make it, right? If you totally believe in this conversation and you know you can create anything that you want, let's play a game to go, let's make this fun and easy. So I created this mantra, math is money, money is fun. I did not used to think math is money and money was fun. I used to think it was hard. <laughs> so. I started just creating, you know, chanting that. I started looking at wealth is my birthright, right? It's not for some of us, it's for all of us. And just shifting my mindset and my belief that I can make the same amount of money with less hardship, with less struggle, right? I, I might've been a little dramatic, Terry. I may have been. Close <laughs> me. It's hard, so hard. And to let go of the struggle was probably a bigger breakthrough than generating the money. It was, you know, we get addicted to the struggle especially for healers, especially for energy healers, spiritual healers, there's almost a suffering that we're taught that you got to suffer <laughs> to make it worthwhile, right? It's, it's the work we're doing in the world. I believe that my gift from God is my life and my gift back to God is what do I do with my life? 
And I do believe that it is supposed to be ease and grace, not hardship and struggle. And my mind shift had to change because I grew up in hardship and struggle. I grew up and everything was hard. I grew up was there is no money, don't ask for any, right? Money doesn't grow on trees, right? All those conversations that were handed down from generation to generation, we adopt those. Like I was 40 year olds going, I don't really believe that. I don't really believe that you've got a struggle. But in my my responses are being funny, those would fly out of my mouth. So that that therefore that's what I was creating. And so in my book, Power Your Profits, we start with mindset. Because you have to have a wealthy mindset. You have to have a belief system that you can generate. I believe that more money allows me to help more people. Right? It's not being about greedy. It's not me about just, it's not about the money. It's about the money represents the freedom. The money represents the gifts. The money represents the difference I make in the world. That's all that does. Right? But I, I don't think if I look at business, 15% of our financial success is our vocation. So only 15% of what we do is the vocation that we do. The other 85% is what I focus on sales, marketing, operations, finance. Right. And to go, if I can help you in the 85 percent, you have to be amazing at your 15 percent. You have to be an amazing, you know, healer, energy healer, creative, whatever you're doing. You got to be amazing. You got to be the best. Right. You got to be hone that craft. But if I can focus on the 85 percent and unlock the combination of your stop block, ugh, miracles can happen. Doesn't happen. Yeah. And I was just saying this is why I'm laughing, because it's like I love that 15 percent of what I do. I love that. And it's the rest that I do struggle with. And I will say I've been through some wealth conscious coaches. I've had some business coaches. I've had this training, but I'll say and I'm going to be really vulnerable and honest. COVID did a number on my business. And now I feel like as I'm coming back to rebuilding, like I have kind of lost like, yeah. where is that level of abundance? Where is that level that I am charging for my worth? Where is that for me? And I feel like it's gone like this instead of up, you know? So how do we reshape? How do we reshape our money theory, our money ideas, or our relationship with money? Well, it starts with, so first I want to identify, we all experienced it, right? The, the good news and bad news of COVID, level set everybody. Everybody had to start all over again. Right. And the sooner you came to realize you had to start all over, the sooner you recovered. A lot of people were still waiting for it to pass. Oh, you know, how long will this be? And so we kind of sat in this indecision as business owners, like, is it now? Is it now? Is it now? And how do you shift from live to online if that wasn't your model before? Right. We made a pretty significant shift quickly and we had been doing online. We'd not made the money we had made live. Right. I didn't know if we could Same. do that. That was our anomaly. Like, can we make that kind of money that we were making at live events? And we, you know, pivoted very easily. So not easily pivoted. I'm not going to say easily. <laughs> I'd be lying. I'm lying to if I said easily. Pivoted. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. OK. All right. Thanks for the honesty. There you go. And so now there's another pivot happening. The new pivot that's happening is people are Zoom fatigued. Right. They're financially fatigued. They're exhausted just in general between the health crisis, the war, right? Just being in these kind of meetings and going, what's the new resurgence? And then the fear of this recession, depression, whatever's happening now. But what I will say, there will always be some kind of pandemic, some kind of recession, depression as entrepreneurs. And the challenge with spiritual creatives, energy healers is we are the energy. So we feel everything 10 times more than a linear person. 
right? Because we're feeling the world, we're feeling our clients, we're feeling, and if you're an empath, you're sucking all that in, right? And so, Hello. yeah. So I, I just want to say, ah, there's a, there's a part of us that if you were an, you are an energy healer, you got whacked a little bit harder, unless you've been really trained to cut that off, you know, to protect yourself and put the bubble around you and but not many people know how to do that in this kind of environment, especially going online. Because now online, what you used to do and really connect with people, you know, belly to belly, heart to heart. Now you got to try to go belly to belly, internet, <laughs> screen, let me get into your space, which takes 10 times more energy than if you're physically with them. So what you're feeling is real. I want people to know that. And it's how can you be flexible inside of, what the what's happening in the world so when i look at what do you do now is step back and go how do i want my business to grow what are my revenue goals and what action do i need to take specifically right who do i need to be in front of now so we all got in front of people with live virtual speaking events podcast interviews social media getting seen to get heard to get paid so you've got to be seen you gotta, you have to be your biggest cheerleader, which is hard for us. That's not our strength. Our strength is healing. Our strength is giving. Our strength is serving. Not what I feel like is sometimes when my social media talks to me, I'm like, it feels narcissistic, the things you want me to do. You want me to brag about all this stuff. That's not my jam. I just want to help Terry, right? I just, I'm really in the background helping you grow your business. I don't want to now blab to everybody. I'm so great. I helped Terry make a million dollars, right? But that's what the market wants. And so again, there's this dichotomy of, am I being authentic with my true self, right? Am I being authentic with who I am in the world? So I think it's re-looking at how do you want to be seen and what team can you have around you to help you do the things you don't want to do? I always say, let's work on the highest income producing activity only you can do, right? Your job, Terry, isn't to be on social media. You can give your team stuff to put it on social media, Right. But the reality is we, you need belly to belly. You need to be speaking. We need to be on podcasts. We need people hearing us, but not posting on social media. Right. You can do videos and your team can post. But if I look at spend dollar time on penny jobs, you posting is a penny job. Dollar time is how do we get you out there more? How do we get you seen more? How do we get you interviewed more? How do we have the public notice you more? How do we the public is starving for this kind of work in the world now? Starving. They just don't know it's available the way we deliver it right now. I'm not an energy healer. I've just done a lot of work in it. I've done a lot of work on myself because I was pretty dysfunctional as a child and needed a lot of work on myself. <laughs> and I'm a creative in business and a creative uh, individual. So it's how do we tell the world what they're missing? Because what they're missing is this whole spiritual peace, spiritual healing. The universe is in chaos right now. The world is in chaos right now. And you can't be in chaos right now. People can't be in chaos right now, right? They need center. They need grounding. They need that support that only healers and energy healers can bring. Hmm. I love that. I love all that you've just really said, because there is just so much truth in that and like really deciding, you know, how are you going to come back around? And I think that, you know, I, it's one of the things I had to figure out, like, what am I going to do? Cause the first year I did okay. And the second year, whoa, and it's like, okay, now what? So right. really, I think that you said it, you hit it around the nail. Like what are the main priorities? What are the main money priorities, especially too? And, you know, I heard you on that. Definitely. I am hearing you to get out there. And so I like that idea of just really 
taking a step back and really evaluating where you are and then what you can bring forward. And your book does go into that. It really does talk about like how to figure out what you're doing, who you need to get in front of, which is definitely a chapter I highlighted there. And one of the things I'm searching out is how can I get more visible and talk about this? I do find people are, I agree, searching for more information, but they don't really know what they're searching for. Definitely. So as you start to work through this, what kind of team does a healer, you know, someone like me need? Like how many people, how do you know this? The first person, and so I've built 10 multi-million dollar companies. And the very first person I hire is my operations person. So in online, they're called an online business manager. And so the online business manager does all that crap you don't want to do, right? They're building your funnels. They're answering emails. They're following up with customers that are coming in. They're just booking things on your calendar. So if I wanted a, a discovery call or an appointment with you, they would book that on your calendar for you. Everything else, billing, follow-up, um, the sales process, they're going to handle everything. That's the first person because that's going to do give you the organization. The second person I hire is my executive assistant. Now, the executive system takes everything off my plate that's not making me money. And I got to tell you, that was the hardest thing because as entrepreneurs, we're so used to being the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, doing it all, being it all. And so I, I catch my still catch myself going, wait, why am I doing that? Sam can do it. Or why am I doing that? Josie can do that. Right, thinking I'm I'm the only one can do it, or I'll just do it real quick. Well, nothing's ever real quick when you're building a business, right? <laughs> so editing, that's not my jam. Like, don't make me edit something. That's like poke a needle in my eye. I can write something, I can create something, then I have to turn it over to my online business manager. And then she can edit it, that's her jam, right? Or figure out how to make the, um, the sales page or the landing page, you trying to make a landing page, you trying to create a sales page, you trying to create your website is a poor use of time and money, right? It's gonna take us 20, 30, 50 hours to do one page where it will take them an hour. So you go, okay, so if, if you're paying an OBM on average is about $60 an hour. If I'm paying them $60 an hour, then what do I need to sell to pay for that? And I'm really clear with my team. I'm gonna pay you this amount of money. We gotta figure out how you're gonna allow, give free me up so I can go make more of those sales. So it's a team effort, not I'm just paying people. I like that, team effort, yeah. I will always have a job. You will not have a job, right? <laughs> you know what, and I like that. I like the idea of team effort. And I will say that I do support a lot of people in the healing arts to help them get their business started. So it's more of a newer phase. So sometimes I'm met with that resistance. Oh, it's just easier if I do it myself or, oh, I can't afford to get anybody, but there's got to be some kind of way to start into that. I guess virtual assistants, contract people, that kind of thing. Well, the challenge with a virtual assistant. So I, the reason I hire operations first, which is a online business manager, is a virtual assistant nine times out of 10 has to be trained. You need someone to take stuff off your plate not train more people. So a virtual assistant, you might pay, depending if it's an international person, if it's a US-based US person, whatever the number is, right? You're gonna spend more time training them versus let's get some operational stuff handled, right, for your business, whether that's setting up your database, whether that's setting up your sales plan, whether that's setting up your um, operations, whether it's building your funnels, that stuff an assistant can't do. They're gonna say, hey, Terry, how do I do it? And my mm -hmm. philosophy, Terry, is if I have to tell you how to do your job, one of us isn't needed. 
Like I need, True. I need each of you to hear that and own it as your own. If I have to tell you how to do your job, what unless isn't needed, even an executive assistant, you're supposed to be my assistant. So you're supposed to be organized. You're supposed to manage a calendar and email and booking. If now I have to train you on my culture, I have to train you on the things that I say and the things that we have, but I shouldn't have to train you on time management. I shouldn't have to train you how to go through email and categorize your email. Right. So it's important that you look at who's going to give me the most freedom. If you hire an assistant first and a virtual assistant, they're not going to give you the most freedom. They're going to give you more work. And right now, at this point, when you're ready to hire someone, you can't take on more work. The reason you're looking for someone is like, I have no more free time. So if we look at make a list of all the things that you're getting caught up with, that's minutia, the things that aren't making you money. Then we can look at the skill set that person needs, and then we can go, this is the person I need to hire. Now, we hire both internationally and nationally, depending on the skill set. Salespeople are always, you know, in the same language as wherever, wherever you are in the world. We're such a global society now. But admin stuff, um, social media, landing pages, building funnels, video editing, that can all be international work. And now you're paying pennies on the dollar versus U.S. rates. And as entrepreneurs, we really can't afford to pay U.S. rates and grow our business, right? If I look at just an entry-level executive system, you're going to pay $20 to $35 an hour. And some people are like, I don't pay myself that. I know. That's why we need to look at getting international help so your dollar goes farther so that you can build that momentum to build that business. Yeah, I think that's really important to hear. And I need to hear it myself too. <laughs> I do have some help. I do when I podcasting and some, but mine is virtual assistant, but they seem to have already been trained. So I definitely can, you know, appreciate that and knowing, you know, which is the right assistant to hire and then moving on from that. So as you begin to create these connections and you begin to grow your business, you talk a little bit about, you know, converting your workers into business partners. I imagine that also would come into the idea, too, of collaborating with other people as well and how they can become your partners for you as well. Yeah. So when I look at my team, how I create them as my partners, make them responsible for their area of expertise. Again, what are the KPIs? The KPIs are the key performance indicators because I don't want to micromanage anyone. I don't really like managing people. Let's manage the result. I'm not going to manage your behavior. Right. So what are those things that they're striving for? And everyone has to be responsible for the top line and the bottom line. So an example of that is my uh, executive assistant. She canceled something without looking at what the um, the return policy was. It was for an Airbnb. Canceled it. Didn't think about it. Just did the task. And then we lost fourteen hundred dollars. I'm like, dude, you realize that's your vacation pay, right? You realize that could be a bonus, right? And she was like, oh my gosh, I didn't think of it. I'm like, please treat my money like your money. This isn't Monopoly money. That's $1,400. That's half your pay for the month, right? She's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Well, sorry is great and I appreciate it. I, I just don't want it to happen again, right? Hard lesson. I wasn't bitchy or rude about it. It's holding her accountable to go, my money's your money. Like, and what's, ta what's taken off the plate now, vacation pay, right? Now, bonus. To go, if there's no money at the end of the year, all these little errors make a big difference financially. So that, that's how you create partnership is creating accountability and ownership. 
Hmm. My affiliate partners, my affiliate partners, I don't want a lot of people marketing me. I want to create partnerships with people that if Terry has something going on and it's aligned with my clients, I'm always thinking of Terry and she's always thinking of me. And we're looking at our marketing calendars for the year to go, I'm going to do this, this and this for Terry. She's going to do this, this and this for me. Hmm. You want to find who in your community is in complement with you, not competition with you. So if I look at Terry's business, we're, we're not really in competition. We can complement each other to go, I'm not coaching spiritual leaders. I'm coaching business, but sometimes people need a different kind of coach, right? To go, they need to look like them, talk like them, act like them, right? They want to hear their language. They want to know that you get it. So you go, oh, can I, can I refer partners to Terry? Can I refer partners to Susie? If she's going, I'm not, I don't help people build multi-million dollar businesses. I'm going to refer Susie. So that it becomes, I'm part of the product suite and then you're financially rewarded as part of the product suite, right? It's not a one-off. So looking at partners long-term versus short-term. My first affiliate partnership, I paid her $250,000 for the year. That was a good partnership. She didn't have to do anything for that, but refer me, do a couple mailings for me, right? Endorse me. And her community came and we played together. So it's important to look at the big picture and go, what could this possibly be if we work together? So I want you to find partners that are in complement, not competition. And there's plenty of them out there. You just have to, there's plenty of joint venture networking groups. There's plenty of joint venture classes you can go to. Um, so that's what you want to look at. Joint venture networking groups, joint venture classes to start building those relationships of people that are in complement. In the beginning, I was, you know, just referring people and I realized you can spam your list and people don't like that. And complement to what they need in their business next, what they need in their life next, right? If I look at a life coach, if I look at a spiritual coach, I don't do that. And I'm an advocate of it because I am who I am because it's been one of my secret successes in my own life is work on my personal development as much as I work on my business development. Right. And I want to bring quality people to my tribe and my community. It's up to my community to choose, but I'm committed to bringing quality people so that they can have the result that they're looking for. Yeah. And I think all of it is, as you say, it is a relationship that you have with each other and even, um, even that relationship with money. I think coming back into that whole spiritual idea is like having that respect for what you're doing and what the money is going for yours, or, you know, if it is your bosses, whatever. But I think that that respect of money and that energy that we can create and that exchange, and I think that comes around back to the idea of spirituality. And that's part of it too. I mean, where in your business does that come in? Do you just teach the organization? Where do you talk about that kind? Is that part of what goes into creating that big, bigger business, that bigger revenue? Well, you have to work on your um, limiting beliefs around money. You have to okay. work on your premise around money. What are those thoughts actions around money. Someone can say I'm prosperous, but they're spending more money than they're making. Right. And that happens a lot. I had a student client. We got her business to $10 million. She was personally making a half a million dollars and she still was broke. Like, how do you make a half a million dollars and not have savings? How do you make a half a million dollars and not have your retirement set up? Right. So I had to literally set up her retirement with the company because every dollar that came through her hand, she spent. That was her mindset around money. It just burnt a hole in her pocket. That was the conversation she had with her grandma is money burns a hole in my pocket. I can take two nickel or two 
something and make a dime or I don't, I don't know. It's like, you know, just this lack, like I just run through money. And so we had to shift and worked years, Terry, on that mindset because she would go shopping because that made her feel valuable, right? She would, she would buy an enormous amount of food in the refrigerator because she grew up poor, but the food would go bad. So she'd throw it away like thousands of dollars on grocery. I'm like, honey, your family's not even eating that food and you're not even home. So we're wasting thousands of dollars every month to the garbage man. That doesn't make sense. So you have to have someone that's patient. You have to have someone that's willing to have you see your blind spot so you can see, oh, like I was a shopper, right? I love shoes. I would just buy, look, when I moved, I had so many shoes. I had big boxes of shoes because you don't have to get naked. <laughs> You just try them on and buy them, right? I'm realizing that because I was a kid that grew up poor, I was kind of a hoarder with clothes and underwear and shoes. And I didn't have to wear them. And I had a really big closet. So I really didn't realize it until I moved to a smaller place. I'm like, Why do I, have a, what? I don't even wear this stuff, you know? And one of my coaches said, so I want you to go through your closet. If it doesn't bring you joy, remove it. And I realized that all this stuff that I had that was stuff, because I felt prosperous, I felt abundant, I felt, but I wasn't wearing it. And it wasn't bringing me joy. I'd look at them and go, oh, those hurt my feet. But I wouldn't get rid of them. Mm. They're beautiful. <laughs> and they looked good in the shoe display. <laughs> I hear you. I understand. I mean, you know, I talk about it myself too. Emotional eating and shopping. Luckily, I have been able to get a grip on both of those. But that's what we do. That's how we feel some of that void. And that is where some of the spiritual work comes in. Like, look at what that worthiness is. Look at where you are. You know, we all just want to be loved and felt appreciated, right? And sometimes filling that void is really hard. And so we do turn to those things. I agree with that. And so some of that does need to be healed, especially if you are bringing it into your business. I, I do agree with that. So your book does take you through all these steps of how you set this up, selecting your team, selling your product, all of that. I think it's a really awesome book. There's exercise in that everyone can go through and write through the book and just really start to find this out. So what is your what is your big mission? What is your big hope for this book? So my goal is to impact a million entrepreneurs, small business. One million entrepreneurs. I love it. One million entrepreneurs to impact their lives, impact their profitability, because I know when I do that, then I've impacted the world in a better place. Right. Again, my gift from God is my life. My gift back to God is what do I do with my life? And so if I can help more women, if I can help more people to really harness their financial well-being, together we can make a profound difference. Yeah, I love that. It's time for women to step up. We've been doing it, but even more so, and to really recognize that right. I know I was raised in Alabama, deep south, and I was born in the late 50s, and that was just not what we were taught. And so, yeah. I don't think any of us in our generation, like Terry and I are a little bit more seasoned, right? To go. I was raised that a man was supposed to provide and take yeah. care of you, right? And so yeah. like, uh, no, I'm going to take care of myself. <laughs> like I look at my daughters and then my granddaughters and look at their generation to go, who will they be in the world? Just my daughters, who they are and their self-esteem and their confidence that they can do anything. And that's all from the work that I did as a young woman to go, oh, I need to break all these old beliefs that some man's supposed to take care of me, right? That, you know, I can't do it without a man. <laughs> that was my family upbringing, right? My dad was, you know, grew up on the East Coast and we very, you know, old school. Um, so 
it's been a it's been an interesting process to see the evolution now in generations right my children and now their children who will they be because we've had this conscious conversation for sure that's exciting to me it is and i see it through my daughter i see it i'm so proud of her i see it through my son as well so proud of him and yeah it was a lot of struggle that i went through to understand because yeah i woke up and you talk about your 40s same for me i woke up 40s going through divorce, had never really taken care of myself, gave up a career early on to have the children now like, oh, throw them back into the world. Where am I? Who am I? So yeah, I hear you on that too. And yeah, I do see it through a lot of the work I've done, ancestral work. You know, I carry the name of my grandfather who lost his money in the stock market and the crash, you know, and so all of this energy just really working through. But I am seeing the shift. I am seeing the difference, especially in my children, which I know will carry over to theirs. So yes, I, I really do agree. And I think that's an really amazing purpose and mission that you're on. So I can, I can appreciate it for sure. Well, and I think every level you get to, like you can't just be done and fixed, right? I, it, when I was younger, I thought, oh, okay, I worked on that. And then it'll come back around, right? So like when you go from a $100,000 business to a quarter of a million, it's a different business. So there's different challenges. So it's going to come back around again right? In relationship stuff, it will come back around again if you're not managing it ongoingly. So you can't just hire somebody like Terry or somebody and go, oh, okay, I dealt with that. Oh no, it keeps coming back. It's just sexier and, you know, it's got sparkles on it now and it's, you know, you're more refined in the, the conversation. Same thing with business, right? My clients, I've had clients here that I've worked with for 20 years because we keep making more money together. Right. Because as your business grows, you need to unblock the things that are in your way to now go to that next level financially. That's what's fun for me is how can I help a student grow from startup to millions and be a part of that? Yeah, I love that idea, you know, especially that startup. You know, I know we recently started a not for profit grassroots Reiki association. And so it's a whole nother process for me to now look at that and see how that can grow and grow and grow. And sometimes it can be a little disheartening. Yeah, we're at the bottom. We don't have a lot of resources, but yet it's like, all right, let's get creative and let's find ways. And collaboration too has become very big outreach. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it, I think it is definitely a topic I know for the healing arts. And I know that's mostly my audience here that we do need to embrace this. And we really need to look at what our worth is in the world right now in a world that needs healing. So I appreciate this conversation so much. I really do. Realize that most of us don't charge what we're supposed to charge because no one ever taught us how to charge. So we we create our pricing from what does Terry charge? What does Susie charge? What does Mm -hmm. Melanie charge? What does Henry charge? And the reality that has nothing to do with your prices. One, it's the results you help people create. And two, it's the overhead that you have plus your profitability. So in chapter eight, math is money, money is fun. I give you how do you create your base price? So now you can no longer go, oh, I'm going to charge, you know, because here's what we do. Terry charges, you know, $500 an hour. Susie charges $1,500 an hour. Henry charges $200 an hour. I'm going to charge $350. Okay, but what does that have to do with anything, right? $350, right? Los Angeles pricing, Alabama pricing, you know, New York pricing. It's all a different overhead. And so when you know the formula right, then it allows you to not undercharge the value that you bring to the world. So know the results you help people create. And then let's figure out what that number is so you don't undersell yourself. Because every time we undercharge, a little piece of us dies, right? It's our integrity. And we're mad. We're mad at the universe. We're mad at ourselves. But we're so 
nervous and afraid to charge what we need to charge, but we don't even really know that number. So if you know what that number is, there's no more excuse. It's like, I have to charge this much per session, right? Whether you're selling a, a package of sessions, one-on-one -on -one session, whatever that is, we have to know what that number is. And, you know, it can make a big difference in between having a business that's profitable and having a business that's a hobby. Very good point. Very, very good point. So it is chapter eight, math is money and money is fun. Yes, highlighted, definitely. I love that. So is the book out? Has it been published? The book is out. It was published by Simon & Schuster. It came out in the middle of the pandemic, right okay. when the pandemic hit. All right. <laughs> but it's done really well. It's a best-selling book. I mean, we had Cosmo's Best Top 20 Reads of 2020. Excellent. Um, so it's out. It's on Amazon. You can go to our website, which is poweryourprofitsbook.com, and you can get the book there. If you go to poweryourprofitsbook.com, then I give you a, front, a bunch of free stuff to go with it. So it's Excellent. $20. So it's yeah, definitely, yeah. it's everything that I had to do to build 10 seven figure businesses. So how do you build it so that it's sustaining you, your family and making a difference in the world? Excellent. Yeah. And then you do training, you do private one-on-one, -on -one, you do coaching. How do you then apply it to your people? Yeah. So we have um, several different ways that we can play. So we start with a book. We've got online trainings that you can take. We've got live trainings that you can come to. Um, we've got group coaching. So pretty much in however you like to be served, we're serving you in that way. So come check us out. You can go to my website, which is Susie Carter, C-A-R-D as in dinero, dollar E-R, suzycarter.com. You can go on our Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and we can serve you and support you in any way that you need to grow your business and do more great work in the world. Oh, I love it. Yeah, we'll put all those links in the show notes for us. So I have so appreciated the conversation. It definitely relates to where I am in the world. And I really look forward to reading more in the book and, you know, where I can make changes for myself. And I think one of the things you did hit on too was like setting those new goals and seeing where that priority is. So I can definitely appreciate all that you've talked to us. So as we go to round out the conversation, I like to come back and ask the question, with this work you're doing, money, wealth consciousness, putting out this newest book, how does this help to empower the spirit? Mm, I think so many time entrepreneurs leave the spirit behind and they it's an afterthought versus a forethought. My values are my faith first, my family second, and my career third. And if that's out of line, I'm not prosperous. I think wealth is more than money. Wealth is my relationship with my higher being, my relationship with my children and my family, and then my relationship with my clients. And so when I look at spirituality, it is uh, my success is a whole success. It's a holistic success, not about finances. Money is just the exchange I get for the work that I do in the world, right? Generosity is my gift to humanity. I have a divine purpose to fulfill it. And I have a responsibility to God to listen and take action on that calling. Amen. Beautiful. Yeah. And I so agree. And wealth is so much more than just money and money is an exchange and finding that self-worth. There's so much more value in that. There really yeah. is like that deep part of who we are and our work is our work. So yeah. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your wealth with us to your spirit. Namaste. Namaste. Yes, wealth is our birthright. 
More money allows me and you to help more people. Don't leave your spirit behind. Let it guide you and bring in all the wealth you so desire. And wealth is so much more than money. Allow your mindset to grow and see the difference you can make in your business and in the world. Reach out to Susie for her work and her book. And if you want help in connecting to your spirit, reach out to me. Schedule a spiritual upgrade breakthrough call with me and let's get you started connecting in a higher vibe for your work, your life, your path. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Harry Ann Hyman. To your spirit, namaste. Namaste.